0: Welcome to Goodwill Talk. We're so glad you're here today. At Goodwill Talk, you'll get to know your pastors, hear answers to your questions, gain biblical perspective on things going on in the world, and most of all, grow in your love for Jesus and the Bible. Let's listen in to today's conversation.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Goodwill Talk. My name is Marcos Ortega. I'm one of the pastors here at Goodwill Church. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Jessica Kilduff. Jess, how's it going?
0: Oh, it's great. Yeah? Super great. Yeah.
1: Super great?
0: Yeah. You know what today is? What is today? Fantasy Draft Day.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. So, all right. I'm I'm even
0: more happy that... Most of the people can't participate, so I might have a chance of winning this year. All
1: right, so you have to explain. You have to explain what the fantasy draft is. Who can't participate? Eight out of the 10 people can't participate tonight. (laughs) Oh my goodness. All right, so what is the fantasy draft for the uninitiated among us?
0: Oh, Pastor John will yell because he's like the only thing worse than fantasy football is people talking about <laughs> fantasy football as if it's interesting. It's not yes. interesting to anybody except the people who play or participate, I guess.
1: Yeah. So but basically it's a, f- it's fake football that's played based, with based the on real, based
0: on real people, based, based on, on real
1: people. It's a right. numbers game. Mm-hmm. And, uh,
0: based on real people stats. Every there league. is
1: a, there is a league that is here within the Goodwill church family. And, it's uh, it's called the GFL Goodwill fantasy league oh my that's that's a great name jeff who came up with that me uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> so um the draft is running now the draft is tonight and uh the nfl season is right around the corner and so we are excited about that so you're you're amped you've you been studying
0: I am the least prepared this year than I've ever been. Normally, oh, wow. I've got all sorts of sheets and thing and uh, strategy. This year, I'm just going to wing it.
1: You're just going to yes, it's yeah. going to be nothing but Buffalo Bills players on your team, huh? No, it's, it's definitely be Buffalo Buffalo not Wild be <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. Yes. <laughs> oh, is that where it's happening? All right, yeah. all right. A little bit of a plug for a restaurant chain. You're welcome. Okay, cool. So, you're, anyway, yeah, you're I'm doing ready for that. The coming. Uh-huh.
0: The weather's turning cooler. At like everything about. Right, so, right now is heading in the right direction for me.
1: Listener, <laughs> Listeners, kids have
0: been in school for three days.
1: Oh, your kids are back in school, huh? Mine don't go back to school until later this week.
0: Oh yeah, so, mine. Mine had two two days last week, and then today okay, they went back.
1: Yeah. Oh man, that's nice. Um, so yeah, mine's gonna
0: come for you too. It's, yes. Yes. Yeah, happen. it's right
1: around the corner. So we we took a trip to Arizona, and when we got back, we were so um we had to fly through the night uh well we didn't have to but that was the flight that we chose the idea being the kids will sleep on the plane no they won't well the young one did she crashed out hard but the older one not so much and so and I don't sleep on planes so I got about five minutes of sleep that night and uh came back and there was a little bit of a flood that had happened while we were in Arizona so Mm. we came back and had to clean up our basement and uh, it wasn't terrible but we still had to do a little bit of work right took a nap The next day, everybody slept till like eleven o'clock. Oh my gosh, (laughs) wonderful. We were out. The little one like wanders in at like ten thirty, going, "What happened?" (laughs) She's never slept that late. Oh my goodness! And so we finally—it took us a couple days to get our sleep rhythms back in order. So Mm -hmm. now I think they can finally go back to school, and it's not gonna be a fight to get them up in the morning. But my (laughs) goodness, if they'd tried to go back to school the next day, Uh, disaster upon disaster. Um, so we've talked about football.
0: we talked about football.
1: We've talked about school. Yeah. I'm excited about football as well. You know yeah. why? Why? Because the guys play with a lot of heart. Oh, oh there's a transition. How do you like that? Oh <laughs> man, that you had to work hard to get to that transition. Um, we are talking about the heart today and, uh, this is not about heart health, although heart health is good. Very we important. like heart health, but it's not necessarily about the physical health. We are in Matthew chapter 22. We've been doing this for the last couple of weeks. So if you've been listening to this season, you know what we're up to. We are going through the great commandments and we are talking about them bit by bit. We want to do a deep dive into really just a couple of verses in Matthew chapter 22. Jess, do you have it open, uh, Matthew 22, our passage today? Would you read it for us, please?
0: I will. Just the whole passage, right? Sure. Okay. Okay. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And that's Matthew 22, 37 through 40.
1: Okay, so a couple weeks ago we talked about love as the really the bedrock command of the Christian life is the way that we define the Christian life is a life of love. Uh, last week we had pastor Tim with us and we talked about who the Lord, your God actually is. What are we talking about when we talk about God? Is this just a, a random understanding of God an all inclusive understanding of God? Or is there something more specific here? Um, and now we get to you shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart, which is the name of our episode today with all your heart, Jess. Yeah. When you just, before you go into the research that you've done and all the thinking.
0: Oh, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's research. Okay. (laughs) But I like
1: (laughs) the study that you've done on this. Um, When we think of the heart, what do people think of, do you think, just kind of out in Christian world?
0: I think normally you think of um, like your abstract emotions. You know what I mean? Like you think of, I mean, obviously your heart, like it's the thing that keeps you living. But also, you know, usually you're thinking about like falling in love with people or like your emotions. Oh, okay. I feel like it's normally that it, that's what it is. So
1: very Valentine's Day type of a. Uh...
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, uh, just maybe something that's unreliable at times, oh. or can, you know what I mean? Like okay. that you're that you're led by passions, maybe. Okay. You know what I mean? So I mean, not that it's totally unreliable, but I think that in that my What, what, yeah, let's just get a thought out that I had two cups of coffee right before this. Oh no. All right. (laughs) My brain is a little faster than my mouth. Um, (laughs) That I think when I was first reading this and thinking that love the God, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind, my heart, I kind of took as like my person.
1: Mm, And then
0: I think reading into this a little bit more, I was like, oh, it really, would have been understood to them as my mind mm. and like my reasonableness. And okay. when I first was reading this, like that was not what I first thought of.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, I think part of the challenge here is that when we read with all your heart, soul, and mind, for the purposes of our podcast, we're separating them. Yeah. But really what, what Jesus is getting here is the entirety of the inner person. right Right. and there are different facets of that inner person that we're going to look at under the root uh, under the headings of heart soul mind but really it's it it, it's the entirety of the human person that jesus you you are to love god with the entirety of you
0: right it's like with your all and your all and your all
1: yeah i like that and so um we're gonna tease these apart and we're gonna look at different facets of our inner person but what we don't want to lose as we tease this apart is the whole Right. The call that Jesus has on us is to love God with all of who we are, with our all and our all and our all. I like that. And so um, when we think of the heart, I think you're right. I think we think of the emotions. There's the um, the favorite phrase now, thanks to shows like The Bachelor and all that. You have to follow your heart, <laughs> right? You follow right. your heart and you guard your heart. Right. We talk about guarding your heart even in the church. I'm not quite sure what we mean by that. Um, but it is often wrapped up in the emotional life or even things like love and hate and romance and those kinds of things. I want to say that that's not completely wrong. No, I think it's just incomplete.
0: Right. I think that's not. So when I was uh, reading about this and listening about this, I watched a video that was super helpful. Um, they were saying that the Hebrew word is lavav or lev, and mm-hmm. that's where, where this is used, but it's all over, um, different parts of the Bible. And I think that it helped give a more well-rounded, um, like expression or, of what it would have been understood as, um, so, you know, that back then they did not have a concept of like your mind, mm. you know what I mean? So, yeah. so with all of your heart would have been with that you, like you knew things with your heart and in Proverbs, you know, wisdom dwells in your heart and King Solomon used his heart to discern between truth and error. So like kind of how we would think of um, like your mind ruling you and your mind discerning yeah. things and your mind understanding things. That's kind of more along the lines of how they would have understood this word instead of it being this like abs- how we think of like your body and your mind. Or yeah. your heart and your mind is two different things. Like your mind is more reliable, it's more reasonable, it's more measured, and your heart can like kind of go go a little wild. Right, right. You know what I mean? And but they would not have had that same kind of distinction in how they thought about this.
1: And that's that's in the Hebrew world, right? That that kind of distinction, the inner person. So so when we think about who we are as people, and we we talked about this, I think a couple of weeks ago, and we looked at the Westminster Larger Catechism. We are um, created with physical and a non-physical part of who we are, right? right? So we are both physical and non-physical. There's two halves to us, if you will. Um, the the non-physical is seen as a unit in, he, in the Hebrew world. To, to divorce them all into these different things is somewhat of a um, later Greek introduction into our understanding of who people are right so the hebrew mind says we are or the hebrew heart says we are all just one non-physical being and a physical being right we don't have a distinction between heart and mind like you're saying and that's why it's actually different in the old testament than it is in the new testament when you read the verse so i'm going to read deuteronomy 6 which is what jesus is quoting right in matthew 22. So it's right before we get to the the Shema, right? Hero Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Before that, oh no, sorry, right after that, not before. I don't know what I'm saying. Before, it's right after that. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, check, with all your soul, check, and with all your might. Strength. There's the physical is brought mm-hmm. into it. Mind isn't here. But when Jesus quotes this, he changes the last word. It's no longer you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul and your might. It's your heart, your soul and your mind. Here's what I think is happening. Jesus is contextualizing the scriptures. He knows he knows Deuteronomy six. He's not getting the verse wrong, right? He's not going, oh, man, I should have said might, but I said mind. What was I thinking? No, he, he knows what he's doing. But the Greek world has changed how we understand human beings and the life of the mind has been elevated by Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, all these guys in a way that's different than what we have in the time of Deuteronomy. Right. Jesus is speaking the same truth to a different context, to a different way of how people understand people. And he's saying, listen, in this culture, we've divorced the heart and the mind from one another. That's Greek culture. We're living in a Greco-Roman society. The heart and mind are two different things. What if he just goes with heart, soul, and mind might, a lot of people might go, well, then the life of the mind is the life of the philosopher, not the life of Christ, right? You don't follow Christ with your mind. According to him, you follow Plato or Socrates or the, the great philosophers of the day. Jesus is saying, no, you follow me with everything. You love the Lord, your God with all of who you are. That includes the life of the mind. And so that's why I think there's this change that happens here in Matthew chapter 22. And we're going to get to how we love the Lord with uh, the life of the mind in a couple of weeks. But right now we're in the heart. And and I want to ask this question because we're going to get to the way we think later. The heart here does include the seat of emotions. There's other things involved, but there's also the seat of emotions. So I want to ask this question. And I don't know if you have a good answer for this, but probably
0: won't. Okay, how do
1: we love God with our emotions?
0: Oh man, I think probably the place to start is just to be disciplined in your emotions and not let your emotions rule you or be completely out of. Out of, I feel like sometimes you can get like upset. I get upset all the time, obviously. Yeah, and, we,
1: we have a cry meter on the podcast uh, at this point. No, not
0: even like that. I mean, <laughs> I'm just a very... Okay. Yeah. So some I'm a passionate person okay. in all of things. And so I, I do feel like sometimes I can let that get out of check and be passionate about things that God doesn't call me to be passionate about okay. and to kind of let that emotion run rampant and start to take over parts of my life that it doesn't deserve and that God really would prefer for me not to, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't know.
1: What, what would it look like to keep it in check? Like what, keep it in check? How, with what? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's a, I I think it's a fair point. I, I think it's just,
0: well, maybe is it, I don't know. The fruit of the spirit is all I can think of. So, like, okay. maybe to make, make making sure that, that I'm not, going against or like that I'm not showing, opposite of fruit. I don't okay. know. Bad fruit maybe is not a good example. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know how to say it.
1: Well, I mean, uh, a couple seasons ago now, right? We did the the episode where we talk about the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. And oh yeah, you so know. So it. maybe the works of the flesh. So if we right. find if you, if you find yourself always angry. Or you find yourself out of control or, you know, those kinds of things can be evidence that your emotions are running your life.
0: Right. Well, and that it's not just, so my emotion, I'm angry about something and I'm showing fruit of the flesh, not fruit of the spirit. But I can sometimes start to justify that, that, well, but this is, it's a righteous anger right. That's reserved for God and not yeah. me.
1: Yeah. Our righteous anger. I mean, James says the anger of man does not fulfill the purposes of God. And so, um, you know, that's something I think we all have a little yeah. bit of work to do on. And I speak of somebody who, who struggles with anger. And so, um, I, I think that's one area where we could all rein it in a little bit. Right. Um, but I also think, One of the things that's helpful here in understanding how we love God with our emotions is first, we have to understand that our emotions are inherently good. So God created us as emotional beings. There's nothing. Oh, I'm going to
0: stop you. Uh, Emotions can be inherently good, but like what naturally comes to you might not be inherently good.
1: Well, let's get to that in a second. Okay. But I, I think before we can get to
0: people, people to hear emotions, something that you're not saying,
1: well, but I think before we can get to how emotions get out of control, we, we don't want to wreck in the other ditch. We don't want to become stoics, right? That's, well, a, right, that's that, a different, that you need to
0: have no emotion. Cause I don't right. think that no emotion is the answer.
1: No, it's not. The answer. I, I think to, because the, if we are created with emotions, if emotions are a part of how God has built us, then there is a way to use our emotions well. And there's nothing inherently wrong with having emotions, right? It's it is the control we have over the emotions or the moderation of our emotions. Right. So, um, right. So kind well, instead of, a, of your
0: emotions having control of you,
1: right? You have control over your emotions, but, but you also, it's moderation in your emotions. I think that's a, a helpful word for us in a lot of this, um, Moderation is a biblical principle that I think um, we lose sight of. We talk about moderation when it comes to things like, you know, some people say, well, I'll drink alcohol. I do it in moderation or I eat in moderation or whatever in moderation. I think emotions in moderation are also good. It's when they get out of whack that we're in trouble, but we don't want to come to a place. What I really don't want people to hear is emotions equal bad because that's not a biblical framework. That's a Greek philosophical framework. Emotions are good, but like any good thing, they can be used for evil as well. They can be used sinfully because we are sinful people. We actually will lean in the direction of using our emotions sinfully. Mm -hmm. And so I think the fruit of the spirit is a good way of analyzing, are my emotions being used well? But I think there's also bringing your emotions to the scriptures and allowing the scriptures to help channel and guide your emotions, asking the question, why am I angry? Why am I sad coming in the scriptures, saying, Lord, am I angry because I see something that offends you or am I angry? Cause I see something that offends me. Right. Um, am I sad because I'm not getting things the way I want to get them? Or am I sad because I see something in the world that truly breaks my heart because it goes against what what your plan or your mission is for this world? There is a way of keeping our emotions in check. I think the scriptures are that. I, I think that moderation really is going to be the key here when it comes to loving God with our emotions. I'm not sure how to do that well. I'm not exactly <laughs> speaking this as an expert. I just think that of the two ditches, we have a tendency in our reformed world to really poo poo emotions in right. a negative way. And I want to be careful with that because a little bit
0: like a frozen chosen.
1: Yeah. That frozen chosen thing, or we look at the excesses of some of our brothers and sisters and other kind of theological understandings of Christianity. And we go, Oh, well, we don't want that. So we're right. just going to be super stayed in our disposition, the way we care for one another. Like we're not going to show emotion. We're not going to get emotional in worship we're just going to be totally mm-hmm. locked in and totally boom stone face. It's like, well, I don't know if that's the right answer either.
0: Right. It's yeah, it's it, like you said, it's like falling in the other ditch.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It's a hard one because the emotions I think emotional intelligence is at an all-time low <laughs> <laughs> because of everything I don't, what, we've been I don't through. Know what makes you say that? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think it just being aware of your emotions is also key yeah. and, and, um, that's something that you can get help with as well. Like talk to people and say, what emotions do you see regularly from me? And, mm-hmm. um, are they emotions like, oh, well, you seem really happy all the time. Oh, great. That's awesome. Um, you seem really sad all the time. Interesting. You may not know that about yourself. Right. You're always angry. You That might be a default for you and you just don't realize it. Asking the people around you. And as you start to identify some problem areas, it's okay to go to a professional and get some help right. and, and get regulated a little bit. It's, it's, you know, where I think because of sin, our emotions can regularly be out of whack. It's okay to go get help to put them back into, right. back into moderation right. again.
0: To identify that, that this is, I've, I'm off course. Right. And I need a course correction. Right. So, and it's, but. So with the heart, it's not just your emotions. It's not just your mind. It's, it's not something I was uh, looking at. They said your will and your affections. And I was like, yes, that is so good because yes. it's not just like you can operate your life and make your decisions and kind of like set your course and, and make your plans. Forgetting God. Mm, yeah. <laughs> or, or just being like, well, this is what I want to do. So of course, that's what God wants. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know, just in all of your things, in all of your plans, in all of your planning and all of your, um, I don't know, like, what do you, (laughs) a mission statement, you know, like is is like your life mission statement, loving God and loving neighbor is all of the things that you're putting your, your family's, um, time and energies into loving God and loving your neighbor or. I, and, you know, certainly as a parent who your kids want to do all kinds of activities mm-hmm. and, you know, as social people, you're constantly kind of, you know, having things to put on your plate. And so as you're deciding what's going on your plate and what's going to not get put on your plate, like, are you saying, is this, can, is this helping me and my family love God or love my neighbor? And, you know, I mean not that i think everything you know like your kids playing soccer is not necessarily loving god and loving your neighbor but it can be because you're having those conversations you know on the sidelines with other parents well
1: and then but then you ask the question to your kids now you now you create a framework for them right you say hey you're playing soccer in what way are you demonstrating love of god and love of neighbor right how are you treating your teammates how do you respect the coach right how do you you know how do you respect the other team how do you not hit back when they hit you? <laughs> like it's 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 learning how to live even what could be considered a amoral, not immoral, but amoral activity like soccer. Right. There's nothing a, right morally, or wrong uh, with right. it.
0: A, a, a neutral activity. So yeah.
1: How do you approach that as a Christian who is loving God and loving neighbor in every decision that you make on that field? Um, it is the will. Right. That's I mean, when you look at the Old Testament, people talk when, when God condemns his people for their hearts being far from them, it's because they have willfully turned to other gods. Right. Or they are unwilling to do what God has called them to do. And and I think you've hit it spot on. We are a very willful people. Um, the United States is a, a, a very individual freedom um, that, that, that's really where the heart of the country is. It's individual freedom and making sure that those individual freedoms aren't, um, curtailed in any way. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's built into the documents. Right. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. The danger of that is that it can be about what I want and what I will, and what I'm going to do. And we make our own decisions about our time and our, and our loves. You talk about the affections. Yeah. Um, how, let's, let's go there for a second. How can you, how can you kind of discern whether or not your affections are in line with the Lord or in line with something else?
0: Oh, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know if I have
1: anything. That- but I mean, in, in your but, own I mean, life just, even.
0: Well, I mean, just being in, in the scriptures and, you know, being really plugged into the church and, you know, really surrounded by other Christians. I think that that helps kind of, make sure that your affections don't get too far out of whack okay? or that you have people around you who are like, listen, Jessica, you've, you've taken football too far. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? But I'm serious. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, I, I feel like there's people definitely in my life who get like you're, it's too much.
1: And one of the evidences for me that something's become too much is it's the uh, time, the right. amount of time that I put into something, um, you know, it, also the money, I mm-hmm. mean, this is what Jesus says, where your treasure is there, your heart, your heart is also, he's not talking about your will necessarily. He's not talking about your emotions. He's talking about your affections, right. your love uh, it is shown your, through your priorities. Where do you prioritize your time? Where do you prioritize your talents? Um, where do you prioritize your treasure? Right. W- what, what are the priorities there? This is why when we talk about tithing, for example, we're not talking about tithing, at least we're 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 trying to shift people's understanding of tithing away from well, it's about the budget. To no, actually, this is a discipleship issue, right? Because where you put your money is evidence of your heart, right?
0: Yeah, it's not. You don't you do look at tithing like all right, it's a calculation. You know, I mean, you can. There are people who use it, a calculation, and and that's fair enough. But that's a place to start, right? You know what I mean? Really, like you said, it's the outpouring of your gratitude to God and the, 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 uh, not, not the better you do it. That's not right either. No, but, but the, you know, like the, you can, you'll, you'll see, I'll say this. You'll see as tithing progresses in your life, the changes that you'll make in your own personal life to yes. say, Are, we're not going to spend a uh, $700 every month eating out. We can do 500 because that other 200 can go to, right. the, to, something
1: because your priorities you know, to, shifting right
0: to a, a mission or or you know to give to the church or you know to do a little bit extra in service to the kingdom instead of at a restaurant uh, you're uh, but, and they're just they're li- little things that add up but you'll notice that you'll yeah. start you'll start to look you know my kids are kids every time you go to the store they want to buy something right and so you're like all right so what are we going to do with this thing that we're buying like are we just buying something to satisfy that immediate wanting it Mm-hmm. but i'm going to bring it home it's going to be in the way i'm going to have to clean it up i'm not going to play with it and eventually i'm going to throw it out well then just take that 15 and throw it out now mm. and so when you start to think of it like that you're yeah. like, but i could do something different with that 15
1: right something that has eternal kingdom lasting value to it right and right your your priorities your affections your heart is reflected in your budget right it's reflected in Absolutely. the way you spend um and we'll talk about time here in a second but i think it, it's it's taking it from the small fifteen dollar question. Let's look at the big questions. What what is reflected of your heart in the house you're going to buy if you're going to buy a house? Right. Why are you buying the house? What is the purpose? Why are you buying the new car? What new car are you going to buy? Right. Um. You know. So you're gonna you're gonna get re- you're gonna retire. You're moving towards retirement age. What are you going to do with that? What is the purpose of your retirement? And how is your retirement going to reflect kingdom priorities and a heart that is loving God and loving neighbor? It, this this command permeates everything about our decision-making processes. Right.
0: And and it's supposed to, like, that's the point. Right. That's the point. It's not, oh, you know, well, you're gonna love God and neighbor with this and with that, and but the rest of it is your own. Yeah. You know, it's it's everything,
1: everything, everything, including time. And, and I want to get to time here in a second, because I know so many people are um, really hammered when it comes to their schedules. Right? It's, especially now as we're heading back into you know, school years is uh, starting up or has started up for everybody, extracurriculars, sports, um, you, you can get very, very busy very, very quickly one of the things that I think we all need to pray through and struggle with as families, um, and encourage one another here in the community of faith, Mm -hmm. how are we using our time? Well, we have a finite amount of minutes. You, You can always make more money, but you can't make more minutes, right? That's not a thing you can do. So how, how do you use those minutes well for the sake of the kingdom? Um,
0: I've become acutely aware of that now Yeah, <laughs> having two part-time jobs.
1: It's a different of, animal, right? It takes
0: up so much more time than one regular job.
1: So now as you're learning this, and I'm sure it's not perfected yet because it's not perfected for I don't think anybody, but no. what are some ways that you're trying to balance working, parenting, wifing, church? H- how are you balancing all of this?
0: I'm trying to have a schedule. Okay. You know, way, way more and just be purposeful. I mean, I'm a pretty purposeful person in in general. Mm -hmm. We were talking a while ago about being a type A personality. So I looked it up. I'm 100% a type A personality. (laughs) 100%. There was was two others and I was like, I don't even kind of fall into that category. But type A isn't always, it's it's not always like an outgoing person. It's much more about a person who's driven. Yes. um, and, and, And organized and, you know, typically are workaholics. And that is me. Okay. I, you know, I'm not a person who says no frequently, and it's not because I feel bad. It's because I can squeeze it in. I can figure it out. I I like to be busy. Um, It really works for me. But I have found that some things that I always um, would just kind of naturally make time for right now in this season of my life, I'm very, very busy. And so I'm having to be a little bit more purposeful to put it on the calendar like Mm. this is what i'm doing i'm gonna do this on wednesdays or you know i'm gonna do this friday morning so i'm gonna take 10 minutes and i'm gonna set that aside because i I need it and where i just normally in my old rhythm of things would kind of naturally do it i Mm. i'm not yeah because i feel like right now my plate is very full um and so i kind of can get a little scattered yeah and you're like oh i gotta do this and i gotta do this and i'm not doing any of it well and it's like just stop and make a plan yeah and and take the time that it takes to do the things and don't do a part of one and a part of one and a part of one and feel like you're kind of always half
1: finished it's it's a it's the tyranny of the urgent right yeah. there's always something that can be done um there's always more work that can be done i've never met the person who's finished their work <laughs> like that's not a right a, I, there's yeah. always something else that can be done Um, there's always more you can do with your kids. There's always more you can do. Yeah. It's setting up really good boundaries. I think the schedule is clear. I think prioritizing as well.
0: Yeah. Well, and also like just doing the things that are yours to do
1: Mm, and not
0: being so concerned with the things that are someone else's to do. Yeah. And, you know, identifying that like sometimes you've taken on things that aren't yours to do because you haven't liked the way that somebody else is doing them. Right. And so, but that's not mine to do. That's theirs to do.
1: And God created them for that thing to do. Right. Right. And so so just let them do it. This, this helps bring us back to loving God with your heart. There's a, there's a trust factor here, right? If we're trying to do it all, that means that we are not loving God with all of our hearts. We are, God, I I love you, but I really wish you hadn't created that person for that job because I feel like I could do a better job than that person doing that job or whatever it is. Right. right? And, and so to, to love the Lord with all our heart is to trust that I only am called to do what I'm called to do. Right. I don't need to overstretch into all these other things because then it does get in the way of my ability to love God with all of who I am.
0: Right. And God, you know, God made you to do your things. And if you're trying to do other people's things, then that, like you said, is like interfering with or preventing you from doing the things you were actually called to do from doing your actual things well
1: yeah i feel like we barely skimmed the surface on this and our time is up but but i mean there's these areas that i think are, are helpful like these helpful categories yeah. so so think about when you when you hear this command to love your god with all of your heart the emotions aren't the entirety of what we're talking about here but they're not excluded either right and so it's it's praying through how do i love god with my emotions how do i love him with my will the decision-making processes that I have the, will I go to church this morning or will I sleep in, will I love my neighbor by helping them on Saturday morning or will I not, what, what will I do? And that's a great way to just, what will I do? What will I will? Right. And then the third area is your, your affections, your priorities, your loves. And are they ordered according to Christ and his way of life or are they ordered according to something else? And, and in all of this, we're going to fall short. Like if you take an honest inventory of yourself, you're never going to go, oh, check, got that one down. Yeah. Like, no, it's, it's grace upon grace upon grace, because we're going to look at this and go, all right, here's where I need to adjust.
0: Right. It's all about course correction. Yes. Not to perfection, just
1: to the next it, course right. correction and in
0: in just, it, and just keep turning in the, in the better direction.
1: The Christian life is a series of course corrections. The Mm -hmm. the challenge is you can't get to the next course correction if you don't make the one that's right in front of you. Right. Or it's a lot harder. Or it's a lot harder. So, um, you know, I, I, I hope people as they're praying through this passage and these verses, seriously consider, what does it look like for me to love the Lord with all of my heart? Consider your emotions, consider your will, consider your affections and your loves. Consider the way you're using time and, and money and um, the way that you're using the gifts that God has given you to serve the community. There's so many different things that are encompassed by this. Um, and, and so my hope is that an episode like this will take you to prayer, to asking the Spirit to point some things out in your life, and and then to lovingly help you course correct. And, and I think that that will be, a very enriching experience for you and your relationship with the Lord. So uh, any last words for us, Jess, before we take off?
0: Uh, maybe just this last one, there was in Proverbs, it said um, about guarding your heart because from it flows your whole life. And I was like, that really is like, for where, wherever your heart is, that is where all of your will, all of your affections, all of your emotions, all of, you know, like your, your, your focus, your, your fo-tion. Your, fo-tion. <laughs> <laughs> your focus, your mission in life, is all from wherever your heart is. So,
1: ocean is spelled F O S S I. No, it's O C E A N. Oh, like oh, it's, it's like your wow. your
0: emotion, ocean. Oh, we've, oh, lost no! we've lost it. We've lost it. Just wrap it up now.
1: No, but I think that's a good point. Listen, it's, it's a if you find yourself going, well, none of this is pointed towards Christ. Well, that's so that's good to notice. Right, you want to see that because it may mean that your heart is really somewhere else and maybe your whole life you're worshiping somewhere else. You're worshiping someone else. And that's a, that's an evidence that maybe you don't even know the Lord. And so these are, these are things we want to ask these questions, not in a spirit of introspection, but in the spirit of Lord, I want to follow you and I want to be faithful in loving you and loving neighbor. And so, um, thank you for hanging out with us today. This has been a, hopefully a helpful episode. Next week, we talk about what it looks like to love God with all of your soul. This has been season eight, episode three of Goodwill Talk, and we'll see you next week.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like our show, please leave us a five-star rating, write a review, and be sure to tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Check out our episode notes for links to our church website and any resources shared on this episode. Editing and sound design by Jeff DiMatti, Marco Sortega wrote this episode. Our executive producers are Mike Antonucci, Jeff DiMatti, and Tracy Johnson. Your co-hosts are Pastor Marco Ortega and Jessica Kilduff. A special thanks to Goodwill Church for supporting this show, so we may provide it to you, our listeners, for free. Let's talk again next week.